This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Taking out your Bibles to the book of Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, chapter number 2. Song of Solomon, chapter number 2. And we're going to start a new uh, series for the month of December. It launches right now. And if I can have my graphic up today, I want to tell you all something kind of neat about this graphic. Home for the holidays. And that picture there, that picture really represents um, a family unit. A mom and dad and their children. And it's kind of a neat picture because that's actually my, uh, way there in the back by the, the brick fireplace mantle, the, the smallest uh, daughter in the back, that's my mom. And that's an old family picture of my mother's family. And I, I, I've taken that to just kind of help us launch into this series, Home for the Holidays. Now, the reason I'm, I'm kind of taking my, my time here setting this up it's because most Decembers come around. I typically dive into what most pulpits do, and we, and we just start talking about Christmas. Well, this, this year, I've really felt strong to kind of, we're going to deal with Christmas, but we're going to deal with it from a different angle. And I'm, I'm going to hopefully, through the word of the Lord, show you the best gifts that you can give this year. And, and it might catch you off guard so here's our first Sunday. Welcome to December, everybody. Here it is. Our first part of this series is the gift of a healthy marriage. Now, some of y'all were so excited to come to church and talk about going to the mall and buying something, and now I done got up in your business. Welcome to Calvary Christmas season 2018. I want to preach to you a little while today on the gift of a healthy marriage. Let's get started this morning. A healthy marriage has very little to do with um, with your financial status. A healthy marriage has very little to do with your education level. A healthy marriage has very little to do with your setbacks or your victories. A healthy relationship A healthy marriage has everything to do with consistent, healthy decisions. Now, this past week, I was at breakfast with a gentleman, a friend of mine from from town, and we, we were talking, and I said something that I'm sure someone else smarter than me has said it at some point. I honestly don't think I've ever heard it said. So I thought, my goodness, that was so smart. I'm going to put it in my sermon notes for Sunday. And it was smarter than me. It had to be the, the Holy Spirit speaking through me. And, and here it is. Somebody needs to take this and do something special with it. Healthy decisions, they don't cost you anything to make. But unhealthy decisions will cost you everything. It doesn't cost you a penny of money. It doesn't cost you a second of your time. You do not spend your resource making healthy decisions. It's just a decision. But I can tell you right now, unhealthy decisions can cost you everything. One wrong financial decision, an unhealthy financial decision can bankrupt you. 
one unhealthy, one unhealthy emotional decision in your marriage, it could cause you a divorce. One unhealthy decision in your parenting could cause your separation from your child. So, let's just lay it down and start this sermon off today with this. What are we aiming for before we go home? And that is to commit to healthy decision-making in our marriages. Someone say amen. Amen. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. This is what we're going to work from today. Our marriage, our relationship that we're in, our marriage is a vineyard. And the will of God for that relationship is for it to bloom, for it to develop, for it to grow, for it to produce good fruit. Denora and I are in our 20th year of marriage, and we have more fruit on the vine now than we did the first six months of our marriage. We've produced more over 20 years than we did in the first five years. The will of God for marriages are to produce and develop and mature into healthy vineyards. So the marriage is the vineyard. What are the foxes? The foxes are anything or anyone that would like to destroy your vineyard, your marriage, your home, your relationship. And I'm just going to, to, to go, go, go with me to Matthew 5. Go with me to Matthew 5. I want to lay this premise down real quick, and then we'll get into the sermon. Most of us in the room are familiar with big problems in relationships, but we also overlook a lot of small things that become big things. For instance... Matthew 5 verse 21 talks about murder. If I were to take a sermon and take a full Sunday and devote it over to the topic of murder, some of you would go and get in your cars and, and you'd, go to, you'd, you'd go to Rose's Tacos going, I just don't get it. Why did he take a whole day and preach about murder? I don't, I, I, I've never worried about murdering somebody. And then your wife would say, yeah, but did you see that one person over on that left side? They looked a little sketchy. And, and, and I just don't know. Maybe he was preaching that sermon over them. Well, I don't know, honey. That one woman three rows ahead of us, she, have you ever seen her? She looks like she'll stab you in the church foyer. She looks a little sketchy. You would try your best to figure out, why is the pastor preaching on murder? Well, hopefully by faith I'll never have to take a full Sunday and preach on murder. And if I do my job, it will be because we focus on Matthew 5, verse 21. Ye have heard that it was said of them of old time, thou shalt not kill, murder. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. Sounds like a good, hot, fiery sermon. And then Jesus says, but look at verse 22. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry, everyone say murder. 
Now everyone say anger. Whoever's angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment as well. You're okay with a sermon on murder because you, 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 you know, you're, you, hopefully you don't have that scheduled this week. But if we took a day and spent it on anger, we would all be looking around going, oh, Lord, I hope there's somebody else but me in here dealing with this. Because every single one of us have had a moment of anger. And what Jesus is saying is anger, it it might not be that big of a deal, but anger left alone over time becomes anger issues. And anger issues develop over time left alone into really big blow-ups. And big blow-ups stir up the emotion and most Most murders are caused out of emotional instability, making a really dumb decision in a heated moment that stemmed back to a little fox known as anger. That's why why we as parents will, you know, if we see little little junior throwing a fit, he's got a little anger problem, we need to nip that in the bud because we don't want to visit him later. You with me? But that's just one example. Matthew 5 goes on to a whole other world. Matthew 5 now verse 27. You know, if I preached an entire sermon on adultery, you would treat it just like the sermon on murder. You'd be trying to go, mm-hmm, I knew it. I knew he was that. That was the one he was preaching to. She, I've, I've, I, I know that's who it is. She, you could just tell. She's looking for trouble. And y'all would talk about that. Well, guess what? not going to take a sermon on adultery but but verse 27 out of Matthew 5 just a few scriptures after the murder and the anger discussion we have something very familiar the same wording ye have heard that it was said by them of the old time thou shalt not commit adultery and the church would say amen to that right but what about this would you say amen to what Jesus says in verse 28 but I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart Now we're getting down to where every man in the room lives. And if we were to take our liberty with the scripture, it would be the same with the women in the room looking upon a man. Lust, left alone, turns into lustful days. Then it becomes choices made at weak moments. You got to get this. Nobody just wakes up one day and says, I think uh, I'm going to go to the cleaners. I'm going to swing by Popeye's, get some chicken, then I'm going to shoot somebody. Nobody just wakes up and says, I'm going to have me a tall latte. And then I'm going to go down there to that racetrack and fill up. And then I'm going to go find a woman and cheat on my wife. That's, hey, that's. Typically, that's just not going to happen. But what will happen is get your tall latte, fill up at the gas station, and you've been having these lustful thoughts about a woman or man, and those lustful thoughts build up over time into creating a thought in your mind that drives you to making a choice. 
And Song of Solomon says, listen, your marriage is like this beautiful vineyard. But there are little foxes that if you leave them alone will grow up to be a big issue. And you better get rid of them now. You better set some traps out. You better figure out a plan to get a hold of these little foxes now before they blow up and become destructive to your entire marriage and home life. Let me give you the best Christmas you'll ever have if you're in a marriage, and especially if you're raising babies in a marriage. If you want a great Christmas this year, you don't have to go to Dillard's or Academy, and you don't have to spend more money than you've got. And you don't have to go into debt to do it. You just need to commit to getting rid of the little foxes at your house and in your home life where you can give your family a healthy marriage. <laughs> Welcome to Calvary on a Christmas weekend. Don't y'all wish I'd just talk about a little baby Jesus? <laughs> I know y'all, y'all love baby Jesus. There's a whole bunch of these little foxes, but I'm going to give you a few that I've either dealt with in my own marriage or I've dealt with as a pastor. And the room's going to get a little tight. Hopefully, I'll keep it a little, keep it a little humorous for you where it doesn't hurt you too bad. But I'm fixing to deal with some stuff that you just, you, 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 it might be your last Sunday here. Here's, here's a little fox that if you don't get rid of him now, you're not going to have much fruit in your marriage. You ready for it? It's your kids. Somebody said, oh. I've just touched the untouchable. Your kids. Now let me talk to us because I'm in the boat with you. There was a day where we just got it. I'm, I'm, I'm not 60, I'm not 70, I'm 44 years old, but even my generation, and maybe it was just the little area I grew up in, I don't know, but we just grew up as kids knowing mom and dad can't make it to everything. There's going to be some ball games that I'm going to have to sulk when it's over because I got a double and they weren't there to see it because my dad had a job. And there were just some sports that I couldn't play. Because we didn't have the money. Because some sports cost money and we couldn't afford it. So we had to play it in the backyard with neighborhood friends. We didn't get to travel in airplanes to play it at 12. We just, we just, we just accepted the fact that we weren't going to be NFL players. Flag football without even real flags was good enough. I'm not sure where this little fox has come from, but I'm pastoring a church in December of 2018 in Fort Worth, Texas and the surrounding areas that out of nowhere, if you're a good dad, it's because you have sacrificed your own health, your own mind, your own retirement plan. You have sacrificed everything in this world to get your kid to volleyball. You got to make every scrimmage. 
you got to make every practice. And if you don't show up, you're on the, oh, my God, that poor child needs a daddy in her life. Y'all ready to go to Waffle House or y'all want me to preach a little while? Listen, listen. God gave you your children as a blessing. Not for them to be your boss. <laughs> oh, Uncle Tommy preaching good today, boy. Somebody done clapping on point. I didn't even say clap. Y'all just started clapping. Y'all should have seen that 830 service. Them grandparents are like, yes! You see them texting. They don't even know how to text. They blowing that font up. That font looks like the numbers on that clock. You better get up and come to the 10. Sin. Let me tell y'all something. Y'all think I'm jacking with y'all. I got two kids that think they run my house. If y'all ever see them limping, it's my foot in that rear end. That's why they limping. They perfectly healthy, but they got a little limp every now and then because I've lost a 9D up that backside. Because we will not fall into the culture thing. They my kids. It's my house. It's my schedule. It's my Captain Crunch and my milk. It's my truck. If they breathe, it's because of God. But if they do it in my house, it's because of me. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we got kids calling the shots. Good Lord. Not one of them going to play pro ball, but they got five practices a week. They can't spell and graduate, but they're going to have five practices a week. I don't know about that, but I'm trying. I'm serious, y'all, for real. Your kids can become a fox in the marriage. Because what happens, this is what happens, y'all. I see it all the time. It happens in the Brandon household. Next thing you know, kids are calling the shots. Daddy don't have a say-so. Mama don't have a say-so. You got 12-year-olds calling the shots. And then you wonder why your marriage is on the rocks. Because it's out of whack. It's like a tire that's out of round. You going down 35, wobbling, don't even know what's wrong. You just, whoa, 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 whoa. what's wrong? It's because your kids are calling the shots. Not one penny in your 401k because you got select ball. And then when you get 66, you think your kid's going to help you? You really think your kid's going to help you? No, you're going to be one of them reverse mortgage people, and then we're going to have to help you. 
kids don't care about you when you're 60. They're praying you hurry up and toss it and get on out of the picture anyway. They're tired of checking on you, tired of calling on you. So why are you letting them call the shots now at 7? Boy, that's some anointed preaching. Now, see, I set y'all up. Now I got y'all. I'm about to set the hook on you. Because let's get off our kids and let's talk about y'all's parents. Don't worry about it. I took care of some business in that 830 service. <laughs> there are a lot of unhealthy marriages that will be healed overnight. If you'll just lessen the involvement of your own mom and dad and your in-laws. When you said I do. When according to Genesis 2 and 24. Whenever you left your mama and daddy. When you left them and you joined with your spouse. Some of y'all need to get focused on the leaving part a little bit more. Because you let one thing go south in your relationship, you off at mamas. And you off at daddies. Let me tell you something. The worst thing a married, mom, a married man and woman can do is involve their parents in their issues. Now, where are y'all at? Y'all were all worked up wanting to run. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. A husband ought not to worry about going through something with his wife thinking the wife's going to be at, the, at, the, at, at his in-laws all the time. Now you're causing drama. Now you're causing issues. You're taking a little fox and making it bigger than it ever had to be. I'm telling you, when Denora and I got married, we hit the lottery. Because my parents were in Louisiana and her parents were four hours south in San Antonio. The only reason we survived those first few years is because... They weren't here because I know my mama, and I know my daddy, and I know my mother-in-law, and I know my father-in-law. They would have been all up in our business early on. Thank God they weren't even around because we could fight and make up and move on, and we didn't have to make the waters any murkier than they had to be. But a lot of you don't have that blessing. A lot of you, y'all done got married and your, and your in-laws live on the same street with you. Lord have mercy. And if you're an in-law or a parent in the room, you ought not have to have them lay down them boundaries. You ought to lay them boundaries down for them. You ought to have the guts to say, you shouldn't be texting me about this. That's your husband. That's your wife. Next thing you know, you got father-in-laws walking up in like they're in fourth grade sometimes. You know, you know, it's one thing to walk up in a problem when you're fourth grader. But your, your daughter is 32 and she got three kids of herself. And you're going to walk up in there and going to solve everybody's problem. Put your checkbook up. They don't need your money. And they don't need your advice. They need to get rid of you because you're the little fox causing problems. They need to work through it themselves. This point ain't going over like that first point. <laughs> I get to preach about them sports again, boy. Y'all go crazy on that stuff, though. 
An unhealthy marriage can be solved quickly if you just get rid of them little foxes. It's those little foxes. It's those little foxes. And let me deal with something a little bit more, probably a little bit more poignant in this room. Let's talk about something called social media. It's crazy. What happens to the psyche of people these days with Facebook and Insta and Snapchat and man, it's crazy. Well, boy, boy, I open up, I open up thing, I'll be scrolling, and there's somebody standing next to a brand new car, and they're gonna post that picture with that brand new car, and all of us are like, man, look at that ride. And what we don't know is they got that thing on seven years. They can't afford gas, but someone done gave them a loan for seven years, 8% interest because they don't qualify for normal financing. But they're going to pose on that thing like, like they done wrote a check for it. And they're going to be smiling, and you know what happens in, in, in our culture? You know what happens in our marriage? You got a woman sitting there at her office, and she's going to say, my husband hadn't bought me a new car in five years. I need one like that. And, and then she's going to screenshot it and send it. And the man's only been putting in 58 hours a week. And he just got that one paid off after five years. And then he starts feeling the pressure to keep up with the Joneses. Pardon me if you're Jones. Trying to keep up. <laughs> Boy, this job, I tell you, you won't believe the stuff I hear. You made it personal when you went to the Jones. Just hold up. Not to even mention the dangers of the anonymity in social media. Next thing you know, you, you liking things, then you're private messaging people. You're going back to high school thoughts, and you 46 and chunky. <laughs> and you having high school thoughts. Put me in, coach. You reliving that junior prom. (laughs) Put me in, coach. Put me down. Put me in, coach. And now we've crossed the line. Because you can't have those kind of messages going too long because then you're going to start changing passwords. Then you're going to start hiding. Then you're going to have your, your phone on you like it's part of your skin. You know, you can't, you can't leave your phone or anywhere. You're worried about somebody picking that phone up. And then, let me tell you what happens. Little foxes like this will destroy a vineyard. And then you know what you're going to give for Christmas? You're going to give for Christmas the living room talk where you bring your kids around the coffee table. And you sit down and say, Mom and Dad, are, we're going to have some changes in in the next few months, dad made a, a mistake and dad got on social media and I, I downloaded that app that makes everything go away and, and, and then I'm sorry. It's all fun and games, man, when they're just little foxes. Ain't no big deal about lust. What's the big deal about anger? It's not like I'm murdering somebody. It's not like I'm having adultery. Little foxes. 
It's just a little bit of credit card debt. And then we're missing the mortgage payment. We're missing the mortgage payment. Then we're having to move out to an apartment. And then we're having to change school districts. Then we're having to get second, third jobs. All because a little fox never got trapped early on. Can I just help somebody today? Here's the worst one. The little fox of unbiblical, false statements to yourself. You ready for it? Here's how it works, husbands. Here's how it works, wives. Well, it's like we're, I, I don't, we don't have chemistry anymore. It, it's like, I don't think I love him anymore. He's a good man, but I, I'm just not satisfied anymore in this relationship. And we start talking to ourselves. And once, let me, let me help somebody on a secret. This is, this, some of y'all never understood this whole Christian thing when Christians say, speak words of life, speak, use your words to create your world. You've never gotten it. Well, maybe this example, you can get it now. Well, you know, she just doesn't, she just doesn't, she, she doesn't cook anymore. She doesn't clean the house anymore. She don't take care of the kids anymore. It's like she just lives on Facebook now. You're speaking that, even if it doesn't come out of your lips, if you're just entertaining that thought, she'll become unattractive to you. Then she'll become an enemy of you. You'll become bitter against her because your words will create your world. You know, chivalry is not just something that a southerner needs to do. Chivalry actually is part of your words creating your world. The more compliments that are, that are spoken, the more you come into alignment with that complimentary spirit, which will come into alignment with the value of what you have. Crazy thoughts like, well, in God's eyes, we were never married anyway. There's just too many issues. We'll never resolve them. Our kids deserve better. Here's the classic one. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not happy anymore. I'm not happy. It's time we change the narrative of our marriages and we change them by changing the decisions we're making. And the good news is this won't cost you a penny. Healthy decisions won't cost you anything. But the dividends they pay will establish legacy in your family. So what do we do with this? Give me just a few more minutes. What do we do with it? <clears throat> Recently, I had to go somewhere I've never been, and I'm, and I'm not a GPS car guy. I, I prefer the little thing on my phone. And here's what I had to establish. This is so simple. Anyone in the room can get it. Our junior highs, 
students can get this. Our high school students can get it. Mom, dad, all of us can get it. Everybody listen to me real quick. Not going to be much longer. I had to establish where I was. And I had to establish where I was going. And then I had to establish how, how, what route, what, how am I going to get to where I want to be? Now, I'm fixing to give you the best Christmas that you've had in a long time. If you're in a married relationship or a, a strong relationship with someone, let me, let me help you for Christmas. This is home for the holidays. It's not about what's at Academy or Dillard's. This is about what matters most. Let me help you. You ready? Where are you right now? Today, in the relationship. If you can't address where you are right now, you're not in a position to even talk about where you want it to get. You have to be honest with yourself and with your, your partner in establishing where you are. Where are you? You good? How would you grade it? You're in an A? You're in a C minus? Where are you at? The good news is, it doesn't matter where you grade it. This is not a P or F kind of question. You just need to acknowledge where it's at. And now we're going to go to work at getting it better. Because the second thing I'm asking you is, where do you want it to get? And then how are you going to get there? Before I close today, I'm going to give you Ezekiel 37. But while we're chewing on this for just a moment, let me tell you, I'm not preaching to you about something that's out of a book. When my oldest daughter was, was early, was young, was, was a baby, our world had changed. Young married couple, now we got a kid. And... I had not fully grown up. And I'll never forget one day. It was blindside, man. I never saw it coming because I was clueless. I was checked out. With tears in Denora's eyes, she told me one day, she said, babe, I need to talk to you about something. And I thought someone had passed. I thought I, thought, I didn't know what was going on. And she said, I, I've, I've, I've never felt this way, but I feel like we're just disconnected. It wasn't 911. It wasn't this thing's about to blow up. It wasn't there. It was a little fox. And I, I was like, us? She said, yeah, us. I feel disconnected, man. I said, you're kidding me. And that made it even worse. I thought we were living the dream. And it took. Someone to acknowledge where we were, and thank God I had a, a great enough woman that didn't just sleep on it, and it becomes something that she lived with. She slept on it and prayed about it, and when the timing was right, she responded to what she knew she had to do. And it took her bringing me to a sober moment in my mind, and I put it, I, I saw it, it's clear as a bell. I've got a young wife with a baby 
and I'm out playing golf. I'm out running the roads. I'm out doing ministry. I'm out hanging with people. I'm out doing my thing. And she's doing our thing without me. And she looked at me and said, I just, I just feel like we're, we're, we're just disconnected. And that day, that beautiful wife of mine trapped a little fox. We haven't made it 20 years because we're perfect. Good Lord. If you only knew the stuff we deal with and work through. We're human beings just like you. But we've gotten to 20. And we're going to get to 40. And we're going to get to 70. Heck, I'm probably going to live to 110. However long we do make it, it's going to be because of one thing. It's not going to be because we're better. It's going to be because we focus on getting rid of these little foxes along the way. Our kids aren't going to call the shots in my house. And my in-laws and my parents aren't going to call the shots in my house. It's my family. It's my responsibility to partner well with my spouse and create our home. And we're not going to allow little things like lust to get the best of us. We're not going to allow anger to develop into something more than that. We're going to get a hold of it. We're not going to allow overspending to put us in, into a trap for life. Ezekiel 37. A man of God walked up onto a valley. He walked up to a valley, and there's a, in the valley, it's kind of an eerie, it's kind of an eerie story, but listen to it. He walked up on a valley, and there was a valley of, of, of all things, of bones. Dead, parched, white, bleached out bones. And the Spirit of God asked the preacher, hey, prophet, can those bones live? And I love that the preacher Helps me understand that we preachers don't have to have the answer to everything. Because the preacher said, I have no idea. Only you know if those bones can live. And the Spirit of the Lord said, awesome. This is what I need you to say. Did you catch that? This is what I need you to say. You say what I'm saying. And the Spirit of the Lord said to the preacher, say to these bones, say to this dead thing, say to a marriage that's on the rocks, say to a marriage that's hanging on by a thread, say to a marriage on the first Sunday of December facing Christmas, with the possibility of spending more than we should spend, with the possibility of just being miserable another morning around a tree, say to a family, say these words, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Who has to say it? You do. And it's not self-talk. It's not a pep talk. 
It's the Spirit of God and the will of God for your home. It's the will of God for my home. May the breath of God breathe into this marriage healing, restoration, forgiveness, understanding, patience, compassion, love, and gentleness. May may the breath of God breathe in hope that we're going to be okay. If you're looking, if you're looking for a perfect marriage, you never should have gotten married. You need to get off social media if you think all those date nights are reality. Those date nights were to get out of trouble date nights. If you think perfect marriages exist, I've got property to sell you. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. But let me piggyback on that before I pray over you. Not all imperfect marriages have to be a bust. just make better decisions and it's just like compound interest bad decisions they'll snowball on you before you ever know what hits you good decisions will snowball on you before you ever saw it coming you're just a few decisions away from having the dream marriage that you've always wanted It's got to start with getting control of where you are, of where you want to go. And how are you going to get there? By speaking the Word of God over your covenant. I want you to stand. Man, why in the world would you take a December of all the months? Because I want you to have a better Christmas than you're going to have without this sermon. Because some of you dudes in the room, hey dudes, hey fellas, you know how stupid we are? We'll think we can go to Jared and fix it. We're going to buy her a mixer. And everything's perfect. I got her a mixer. I got her a Pandora bracelet. And she's like, it's awesome. It's one more thing for me to take. When I really just needed you. best gift you can give to your home this Christmas is husbands and wives get healthy get healthy get healthy get healthy get healthy get healthy my sister and I told each other in the waiting room at Harris Hospital while we kind of came to the realization that my dad would pass When we finally got to that place of realizing it, we got to laughing about our own personal lives, saying, man, mom and dad 
showed us the absolute perfect marriage. Everything that we, everything that we do wrong, it's on us. <laughs> we have no excuses. All of our stupid mistakes, we have to own them from here on out. Well, guess what? Pretty cool gift they gave us. And Denora and I are going to give ours the same. What's more important, making that ball tournament this weekend or letting that 12-year-old boy know that mom and dad's okay? Bow your heads. For every marriage in the room, every relationship in the room, I honor you in a public setting with this discretionary private approach to your need I contemplated on altar calls I contemplated on how to handle this I believe as a pastor I love you so much I don't want to put you in an awkward position but you know who you are and you know where you are and I pray this prayer over you today Spirit of God the heart that's beating very heavy right now in this room for the man and the woman that's holding hands right now in an awkward way because they understand where they are. For the husband and wife that not even sure if they how to handle this sermon, I ask you to handle it for them. Partner with them. This is not a sermon of condemnation. This is a sermon of hope. This is not a sermon to beat anyone up. It's a sermon to encourage someone that there's a way of healing It's the Word of God and the breath of God, the Spirit of God. And I pray that the love of God would be as real as the air we're breathing in this room. May the pneuma, the breath, the Spirit, may the pneuma of God come into our marriages and change us forever. Husbands, wives, let's make this a Christmas to remember. Let's take care of things the right way the godly way, the healthy way. And no matter what yesterday was, you can't change it, but you do have now. And by God's grace, you will have tomorrow. So let's go to work and let's change the course of our future by the grace and the mercy of God. And I pray this blessing upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and let it be according to our faith. Jesus name can everyone say a big amen today I genuinely love you and I want to thank you for your time today men tomorrow night at 7 church Wednesday at 7 let's start December off the right way God bless you